Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! Bicycles, tricycles, ice cream, candy, lollipops, popsicles, licorice sticks, Solomon, brandy, raggedy, Andy, Tweedledum and Tweedledee, home free. This week, The Jerk of the Irish, Jordan Sings, Pesca on Jimin V. Chiwetel, and Growing Up is Hard. Let's go. Welcome to Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, it is very early. We're very early taping. It's like the olden days, uh, Jordan, when we used to do The Sound of Young America at 7.30 in the morning. Do you remember that? Oh, right. When we were... Uh uh, Under, we were undergraduates. The dri- <laughs> I was going to say when we were the the drive time guys at uh, KROK. Yeah, exactly. When we were when we were rocking the jams out. Mm-hmm. When we, you were you were Pooter. Yeah. And I was and I was J- J- John Johnch. Johnch. Yeah. John- Pooter and Johnch. Pooter and Johnch. That was good times. Remember we used to have those wet T-shirt contests. Mm-hmm. And uh, whoever won, I would ring the cowbell for them. Uh, I would mention midgets a lot. Yeah, that was really midgets that was really, really fun funny. stuff. Yeah. When we were on uh, KZSE early in the morning, this was back in our undergraduate days before we were on KROK. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember how we used to have to walk to the to the station because there wasn't any buses running when before our show started? Mm-hmm. That was horrible. What? Why did we even do that? Just so we could have humble beginnings. Yeah, I guess so. It was. It I mean, look. Like, at, now we're in this lavish radio palace. Exactly. <laughs> no, we did that specifically to have that humble beginning story. I think we should mention, by the way, uh, this week we are broadcasting uh, Jordan Jesse go live on tape from a bar fight. Mm-hmm. Old West bar fight. My goal is to hit eight people with a pool cue. And as you can hear in the background, people are being smacked around as we as we do this program Mm -hmm. we've been talking lately jordan about whether you what kind of video game machine you could buy yes we're getting really deep into video games which (laughs) is not our intent with this program absolutely not for those of you who don't like video games i just all i can say is i apologize we'll get off the topic as quickly as possible um yeah no actually I'm, i'm about to actually after we tape the show get on the plane that i wanted to buy the video game system for uh, and I and thanks to all the uh, all the coaxing from the people on the message boards, uh, I've decided on Nintendo DS. People were aggressive. We should make this clear. People yes. were not taking any any. They were not hearing this by the Nintendo Micro or whatever it's called. Yeah, no people uh, people feel about the DS the same way like other people feel about Radiohead or something. <laughs> you, if you bring up a Radiohead alternative, they'll they'll get really angry at you. It was like you were trying. You were talking about maybe getting a cold play album instead right yeah exactly um so yeah but uh, and i've really loved it so far and i'm looking what forward do you, to what do you play on it did you get nintendogs uh no i didn't get nintendogs i actually got one on craigslist and it came with um and it came with a metroid uh-huh which is your that's you're into the metroid right i'm not i'm i'm a metroid's a little have always been a little dull for my taste but they're always they're always pretty fun and not well, enough well action, not enough action packed i don't know it's just kind of a m- moody quiet shooter gotcha you know you want an, 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 an exciting yeah aggro shooter yeah more, it's more aggro and it also came with the x-men game uh which i'm kind of lukewarm on but you do get a tap with the pen a lot what do you tap with the pen and the, the, now the nintendo dual screen looks like someone pointed out on the forum nintendo game and watch mm-hmm. uh which if you recall is, has a clamshell design with two with two screens in this case they're uh, some kind of fancy LCD screens as opposed to, like, the um, black and white of Nintendo Game & Watch. And you can play more than just Donkey Kong on them. But um, the, the, it's got the two screens, and it also has a stylus. One of the screens is a touch screen. Are yes. they both touch screens? Uh, no, just the bottom one is a touch screen. Okay, so what do you tap on to play X-Men? Uh, you tap on things you want to shoot. Why would you, you tap, tap on, on them? It. You tap on it, and then the guy shoots it. That seems weird to me. It's not. It's actually pretty natural. When are you going to get Nintendo? I'll get Nintendo too. And then I also went out and bought Mario Kart on my own. Uh, Jordan which seems like a given. What kind of uh, what kind of Nintendo are you going to get? Mm, I'm thinking Lab. 
A lab? That's a popular choice. I mean, that's yeah, isn't I mean, that the most popular, most yeah. popular breed? Yeah. How many so. different? How many different kind of Nintendogs can you get? Three or four. I think Dalmatian oh. came out recently. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't want a Dalmatian. They're poorly tempered, as I mm-hmm. understand it. Yeah, too rowdy. Yeah, they are rowdy. What about Beagle? Can you get Beagle? <laughs> I don't know if you can get Beagle. Why don't you know? What about Schnauzer? No, definitely no Schnauzer. There's no Schnauzer. No, I would, I would, I would get Schnauzer. Schnauzer was my childhood dog. So what about would... Toy Poodle? Uh, I think there's Poodle. I don't. Like I don't poodles. know. I, mean, I don't like Poodles. Consult the internet. What about my brother's know. dog? My brother's got this dog. It's called Wally, and it's a, it's an Irish water dog. I think it's called. I don't think there's Irish water dogs. Yeah, there's Irish water dogs. No, I mean uh, I in Nintendogs. Oh, you don't think there's don't, that in Nintendo? It's probably no. for the best because it's a terrible, I'm not terrible saying dog, that Jordan. Irish water dogs don't exist. One time I took, I had to take care of the dog, and it was such a disaster. It was so horrible. This is like the worst trained dog in God's earth. My my father and stepmother's house is like you've been to my father and stepmother's house, right? It's very close yeah. quarters. It's a, right, yeah, narrow hallway. It's a Victorian that's not just not very big. It's a small old house with very very narrow everything, and this dog is the size of a man. <laughs> it's a huge dog. It's not that big, but it's a big dog, and it's just so it'll just eat anything. It will eat anything, Jordan. I know this is like basic dog complaints here, mm-hmm. but it will literally just eat if you just leave anything on the counter. Like if you leave something on the counter and like walk over to the sink to wash your hands, the dog will just go. Have you been moonlighting uh, writing for the comic strip Marmaduke, Jesse? <laughs> Sounds like it. Well, what was so crazy about dealing with this dog was that it actually was like Marmaduke. <laughs> like, it wasn't like Marmaduke, like, oh, that dog's like Marmaduke. It was like literally dragging babies into our house. <laughs> and just like, oh, God, what a you nightmare. Could, you had to sleep on the couch because it was sleeping in your bed. Exactly. It was just rivers of slobber on everything. What a nightmare. I, I mean, I like dogs as well as the next guy, but mm-hmm. give me an, a very old dog any day. Hey, that's my choice. If I'm going to take a dog... Over a puppy. Over a puppy. Absolutely. Hmm. I want an old dog. Because I like how old dogs kind of... I took care of this old dog when I was living in Washington, D.C. He was really old. I think he was like 18 or something like that. And uh, he just kind of like... You only have to take him around the block once. Yeah. You know, because they could barely walk anyway. They just kind of go... And then they just all they want, you know what they like? They what? What their idea of like playing a game with you is? Hmm. They just like walk up next to you and like lie down. Yeah, you know, like that's a great dog game to me. (coughs) I like how I like how I have so little responsibility in that dog game. You know what I mean? I can see that would be appealing to you. I'm a really cool dog. Nice. Other yeah. dogs are just getting up in your business. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to be made to throw a frisbee or no, absolutely not. Pull on a pull on a, a sock, a couple socks tied tied together. You don't want to. No, I you don't, don't want to be bothered with I that. You're a busy man. Stuff. You know what's one dog game I like though? Hmm. My uh, girlfriend's family has a dog. It's a dog that looks kind of like one of those dogs in an Egyptian hieroglyph. You know what I'm talking about? A pointy dog. It's, it's like a, a slightly pointy. You know, it just looks like if you just looked up dog, if you just looked up dog in the dictionary, there'd just be a picture of this dog. Like, it doesn't have a breed. It's like a silhouette of a dog. Yeah, it just looks like a dog. And uh, it's pretty small, and it doesn't really do anything, but it's except for trying to get pets. It, it really loves to be petted. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll just go. But, but the one thing that they do make it do, which is probably cruel, but I'm, it doesn't bother, it doesn't bother me because it's so amusing. Is uh, <laughs> lock the dog in a box for a day? <laughs> yeah, they, they lock it. They lock it in a box, and uh, then they Leave. they soak the box and then electrify it. <laughs> no, um, they pound on the ground, mm-hmm. and when you pound on the ground, cider the dog just goes ape shit. <laughs> just starts yeah. running around the house and going. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's probably cruel. I mean, you're making it think something awful is happening. But but it seems to be having such a good time. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back on Jordan Jesse Go, aka Dog Dog. <laughs>
Welcome back to Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne. And I'm Jordan Morris. You know, Jordan, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, will St. Patrick's Day have happened by the time this is... I don't even know what St. Patrick's Day is, honestly. I think and it's... my stepmother actually from Ireland. <laughs> Anyways, well, here's... Can I tell you one... Can I... I interject one thing? Sure. Actual Irish people don't really care about St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that actually <laughs> will we'll play into what I want to talk about. And um, I, I just have, I have a word... Uh, I just have some – if you're planning on going out and celebrating St. Patrick's Day, here's just something I want you to keep in mind. Um, and I just want to put out an I'm all for celebrating St. Patrick's Day. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think I think going out and being boisterous and, and, and getting drunk with your friends is a great thing to do. Uh, and you should absolutely do it. But here's – here's and I, I, there's, there's kind of a larger issue here, and it's that – uh, you know, Jordan, let's let's unpack this backpack. Right. Yeah, there's there this is a this is a, a weighty this is a weighty dense issue. This is an issues oriented uh broadcast, by the way. Okay, here's the thing, white people. Uh unless unless you do actually have an interesting genealogy, like you know, if if you if one of your parents is from South Africa or something, or if you are actually in to like genealogy charts. If you actually go down to the Hall of Records and research your, you know, great 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 grandparents, if you have a, you know, find out what your family crest is, that sort of thing. If you are actually into the historical part of it, fine. If you actually have an interesting lineage, fine. If not, just shut the fuck up about your ethnic background. Please, you sound so stupid when you do it. Like when you go, "Oh, I'm a little German, a little French, a little a little Welsh and and a 16th Cherokee." <laughs> what are you? What are you? And then you, people just list these have these arbitrary lists of countries like I'm a little Russian, a little Dutch, a little, you know, I mean, it's just so dumb, and I feel like that all comes out on St. Patrick's Day, especially. Everyone's like, I'm, a, I'm Irish. That's why I'm drinking. I'm Irish. I'm like, oh, I, you oh, know. Oh, look at the Irish. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I guess I kind of understand the instinct behind that. But, like. Did the instinct be, Jordan, do you want me to explain to you please, quite but, simply what yeah. the instinct behind it is? People are white. Uh-huh. They run the country. Right. They're in an astonishing position of privilege. And they feel a little bit guilty about it. So one day a year, they justify their existence by pretending to have some connection to some kind of oppression. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely a big part and of it. And to be clear, this is oppression. <coughs> to be clear, this is oppression that happened a hundred years ago. <laughs> this isn't contemporary oppression. The anti-Irish lobby is no longer active in the United States. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure you can, if you're Irish, you can even get into the Klan these days if you want to. I mean, but Irishness aside, like, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what, like, I mean, I understand being proud of your background, where you're from, but if it's not real, like, if you, like, if you've never seen your, like, if you've never been to visit your great grandparents in Russia. Like, why are you talking about it? Like, why are you holding it up as this thing, you know? I don't... Why aren't you talking about how, about your pride yeah. that your parents were born and raised in Fresno? Right, yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, you know, come on, I could, you know, uh, I mean, but at least that's real, you know? Like, at least that's an actual thing. It's like, I'm, maybe, maybe I'm not, uh, maybe there's not a lot to say of Biloxi, Mississippi, where my mom was born. I don't, I mean, there's not... A lot to talk about. Maybe there is. It's perhaps it's a beautiful country. I've never been, but and yes, that's not as interesting as saying I have roots in you know Deutschland or you know it's something like that. Why, Granted, that's not why as interesting. I think that's a kind of dog. <laughs> yeah, I, I I fully agree with you. That's not as interesting, but at least it's real, and I can say something about now, it. Now I want to I want to be clear. Although I here. guess I've never even been to Biloxi, so I'm I was sure. at anyway. I was at the I was in an estate sale over the weekend of a, a Russian girl who mm-hmm. was I think I I don't know if her brother everybody seemed pretty happy, so I'm guessing nobody died. Maybe somebody like moved back to Russia or something like that. Mm-hmm. She was talking about how she had just signed up for ukulele classes at the Japanese Cultural Center. Okay. Now, if you are Japanese and you are taking ukulele classes at the Japanese Cultural Center, by all means, brag about your ethnicity because that's great. That's fantastic. If you're, let's say you're uh, Jewish and you're always going down to the JCC 
to hear lecture a lecture on the history of Jewish humor from Alan Zweibel. Sure, like that's great. That's that is the kind of klezmer thing. concert. Yeah, if you go, go if you ahead. En- if you enjoy going to a klezmer concert, then by all means, that that I encourage. However, if you are seventh generation American mm-hmm. or something, and you're trying to tell me that you're drinking on St. Patrick's Day because you're Irish. Yeah. No, at this point, you have to let that go. Also, if you have the fighting Irish tattoo, get that, get that covered up. Make it an Applebee's logo or something, because it's probably more accurate as to, as to something your that cultural, has to do with your, your culture. actual cultural background. Now, I will give an exception. Here are my exceptions. Anyone who can actually play a penny whistle. If you can competently play a penny whistle, then you can claim Irish heritage. Sure. Jigs. If you can do a jig, there's an exception. You can claim Irish heritage. Okay? If you have uh, simmering religious hatred for either Catholics or Protestants, you can claim Irish heritage. Okay? There are exceptions to this. Right. If If you or your parents was born in Ireland... Then I say, by all means, claim Irish heritage. Mm-hmm. But Irish isn't the only manifestation of this issue. No. I think probably the top manifestation of this issue would be American Indian. Yes, that is, I think, the chiefest abuse in the in the listen to my listen to what a mishmash of cultures I am. Yeah, I mean, like I think many many white people in this country claim American Indian heritage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it stands out amongst your list. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I said, oh, you know, I'm like oh, a lot of British and a lot of German and oh, yeah, my grandfather is a quarter Native American. Right. Like if, if my, my grandfather a, was a quarter Native American, but like by the time it got to me, that's, yeah, it doesn't matter nothing anymore. nothing to do with you. Nothing. It's, nothing. it's not a part of who you are. Like, no. I mean, I, it's, it's so, I mean, especially like this is like when this is coming out of someone who, you know, like, you know, what, you know, someone, you know, plays on an ultimate Frisbee team. Yeah. I mean, now, this isn't against ultimate Frisbee either. I just want to be clear about it. But I'm saying that this, like, how, how do these things have anything to do with your life? You know, like I, one thing, for example, that has much, much, much more to do with my life is that my grandparents were from Kansas. And mm-hmm. you don't see me talking, going around to people talking about how my grandparents were from Kansas. Yeah, exactly. It's a totally outrageous situation. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, so please. I mean, so, you know. In fact, I'm going to go so far as to do this, Jordan. I'm going to establish a cutoff point. Okay. If you are one quarter Native American, you can talk about being Native American. If right. one of your grandparents, somebody who was actively involved in your life, mm-hmm. one of your grandparents was a full-blooded Native American... Then, then you can ahead, ta- then you can talk it. about that because it was an actual that that culture was a significant part of your life. Otherwise, shut your yap. You don't have to deny it. I'm not saying you have to write it out right, of the history. Yeah. If books. someone asks, "Are you a 16th Native American?" You feel free to say yes, but otherwise, I, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, I don't want to hear what I don't want to hear a, a joke about it when you go to an Indian casino. No, like, uh-uh. well, I guess maybe they'll let me win because I'm one 16th mm-hmm. Native American. If you're at a bar and you don't say anything about love, love them fire water. No, absolutely, that's awful. Doesn't no, that's horrible. Don't do that. That's horrific. I've heard bad. that before. Really? Yes. No. I usually it seems like kind of a sub thing of these people people talk about their weird heritage just to to a sound more, you know, colorful. What's the world? Yeah, colorful and b to like as an excuse to get drunk. Like <laughs> like hey, you know, look, you know, look at the Irish. I'm drinking a beer like like don't you don't need an excuse to get drunk and just to do be, it you know and to be clear specifically involving negative ethnic stereotypes yeah, about exactly. the ethnicities and here's the here's this other thing that I, i'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around like everyone uses hey jordan yeah i'm one quarter swedish let's go get wasted <laughs> right exactly and also the, well. another thing that applies to this is uh eating a lot everyone thinks that their culture 
is, just loves is the to one eat. that eat like you know my my I have my Mexican grandparents I eat a lot my Jewish grandma I eat a lot everything that you can just say is my my something grandma I eat a lot and for some like no that's just that's just grandmas yeah it's that's grandmas what grandmas are like grandmas feed you a lot because it's all they have left. <laughs> yeah, but no, everyone seems to think it's some byproduct of, you know, it's some byproduct of a culture. Okay, so what can't you wrap your head around, Jordan? I, cru- I cruelly cut you off. Oh, no, that that's it. That, oh. <laughs> that eating thing. Do you feel like that satisfies our ethnic rant portion of uh, this week's Jordan <laughs> Jesse go? I should hope so. If it doesn't, what more do you people want? Can I ask you what do you do for uh, St. Patrick's Day? Um, I, I, I typically don't do, do you go drink green beer, don't go out and celebrate it. Although I, I will be in, in Austin for St. Patrick's day for the, for the South by Southwest. So I think I'll, I will probably drink some green beer. I think people might be pretty fucking wasted. Yeah. That's my prediction. I think that's South by Southwest and St. Patrick's yeah, I'll, day. I'll definitely report on that when I come back. It's probably going to be like, yeah. a, like a Pogues concert. <laughs> yeah. There will probably be a Pogues cover band. If and just not to be specific. Pogues. Nothing against the Pogues or any of I the like, other I like Irish the bands because they're good bands and I can see why they are. But you don't. It doesn't affirm your Irish heritage to like them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're, I, I mean, come on. I mean, I'm. Go ahead. Go to a flogging Molly concert. That's yeah. fine. It's really. I fun. bet it'll be really fun. It'd be totally fun. But don't don't think that you're there as some sort of like I, insight ex- insight to your, of your Irishness. Right, exactly. Please don't. Please don't. Um. Okay. Yeah. The end. The end. <laughs> we're gonna yeah, alienate we're gonna every people single. Pr- every people are gonna hate us. I know. Welcome back to Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris boy detective this is a new segment on jordan jesse go it is called jordan sings a song jordan's been begging for this segment i told people you know i I told jordan i said i don't know i don't know if this is gonna fly you know this might not work out jesse i'm not just a radio man i'm also a song and dance man he's the sammy davis jr of our little rat pack Mm -hmm. um he's a multi-threat entertainment spectacle and he's actually going to be performing a little dance he made up as well but you won't be able to see that what song are you going to be singing today jordan Uh, i'm going to sing a part from waltzing matilda okay waltzing matilda uh the national song of australia as performed new zealand Mm, australia australia i think australia maybe in australia and new zealand hard to say we're gonna get a lot of angry emails from from new zealanders (laughs) i think probably they're gonna tell us that their their national song is some kind of maori war chant (laughs) they're gonna disembowel us okay the national song of australia waltzing matilda and we sang as we sat and waited by the billabong you'll come a waltz Sing Matilda with me. Thank you. We'll be right back. Jordan, did you know that Jesse Jordan Go has a sponsor? I did, projectbreakout.com. Yes, in fact, they're on the internet at projectbreakout.com. They are a website contest where you demonstrate talent and then you win a prize that is related to furthering your career in that area of talent. Specifically, we're involved with the comedy contest, which just launched only moments ago. When I say only moments ago, I mean yesterday, day before, something like that. Ish. If you have a comedy video uh, that demonstrates your talent in the area of comedy, go to theprojectbreakout.com, upload it into the contest. We're going to be judging. Uh, we're going to be judging the quality. And when I say me, I mean myself. Uh, Biz Ellis from uh, Sketchfest NYC. And oh, uh, did I mention the prize? If you win the contest, you get an all expenses paid trip to uh, New York City to participate in Sketchfest NYC, as well as a special like three day mentorship program that they've put together. So if you're wondering, hey, I've got I'm funny, you know, I can do these funny things, make these funny movies. If you want to know, what do you do to put together a packet? How do you meet agents and managers? How do you get the press to cover you? How Blah, 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 blah. How do you put together an effective website? How do you put together a show? Blah, 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 blah. 
is Sketchfest NYC's folks will guide you through this. They've all done all of this stuff many times before and appeared on television and that kind of thing. They'll guide you through that process in addition to having you perform in the festival. Jordan, you're going to upload some videos, right? I think I will be uploading videos. So, we'll see uh, how it goes. So, no. <laughs> we'll, see what, we'll see what me and Biz think of those. <laughs> anyway, it's projectbreakout.com. Jordan Jesse Go is the podcast. Jesse Thorne is me. And I is the guy that is Jordan. <laughs> Are we going back to caveman style? It's hard to say. We'll see. We'll see how this segment goes. Uh, if, you know, if we caveman it up, we caveman it up. Okay, so we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago on the show about what makes a grown up, and we got some really cool calls on the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should just let's just let the first call. Uh, let's just let the first call roll. Hi Jesse. Hi Jordan. This is Mike from Cincinnati, and I think the line of demarcation of adulthood is clearly when you say to yourself. The music is too loud. That's pithy. That's a winning call, Jordan. Mm-hmm. I want to make it clear. Like, we get a lot of these three, four-minute calls, sometimes worthwhile, usually not. Um, no offense to the people who call in, of course. But that is a winning call because he comes in, he identifies himself, he says his piece, he's absolutely correct. Boom, boom, boom. In and out. In and out. I know I'm old because I, I think that all the time. Yeah, I absolutely. I cannot go to. Uh, I, I can't go to. I've, I think I've. We've talked about my distaste for nightclubs. Yep. Uh, here. Uh, yeah, it's always because the music's too loud. I don't want to. I don't want to shout. I just want to. I just want to talk to someone about what happened on Thirty Rock this week. It's <laughs> all I want to do when I go out, basically. So I don't want to have to yell over. The uh, just the other night, Something. I was I was sitting in here. This was probably the craziest thing that's ever happened to me in terms of things that I hear. Mm-hmm. At least it is now that I'm over the the loogie hawker. Um, the, I was sitting in in here and I hear this yelling in Spanish, like screaming. And at first I thought like it was a fight. And then I thought maybe it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it wasn't. It was a bunch of people yelling in Spanish, not one person yelling in Spanish. Now, I'm luckily enough, uh, my girlfriend Teresa worked in immigration law and speaks Spanish uh, very well. So she leans her head out the window. There's a revival meeting going on in my apartment building. Now, and when I say revival meeting, I mean parody of a revival meeting. Also, it's in Spanish. <laughs> so we're sitting in our house with the windows closed and we hear this. Just like people yelling at the top of their lungs, and it's like I understand like this is people's faith, right? Like, sure, that's fine. I don't they're have a getting filled with the spirit. It, I know they're getting the spirit, and that's fine with me. You know what I mean? Like I say, go for it, get the spirit. Yeah, but if you're gonna get the spirit, a don't do it in my apartment building where I live, and b close the windows. So you know you tr- you're too old when the Spanish revival meeting is too loud. Is yeah, it? I think that's. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make, mm-hmm. Jordan. Actually, the only person who listens to really loud music here is just always listens to Beyonce. You know Beyonce's most recent album, Bidet. Bidet. You'd be apostrophe day. Sure. Hey uh, guys, this is David Beach in Santa Cruz. God, I've been thinking about this this whole grown up thing, and, and um, you know, I, I, I realized that that I am a grown up, um, which is. Uh, you know, should be probably obvious to everyone, uh, considering I own a home and have a job and I'm 37 and have two children who are uh, coherent and can actually uh, make their own breakfast. Um, but I, I don't think that I really ever considered the notion that I was really a grown-up until I heard your the last episode there about, about what it is to be a grown-up, and now I'm a little depressed, but I think I figured it out, at least for me. There was a time, and this wasn't that long ago, um, when I thought that everyone I met was probably older than me. So I was probably in my early 30s, and I thought that in in my professional life and in uh, other other situations, I thought that pretty much everyone was older than me. So all the parents of the kids that my children were friends with, no doubt they were older than me. And so I always thought that 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 was the case. 
um, until I just realized that I don't think that anymore. And I think that, for me anyway, is this is I crossed the threshold of being a grown up. Where now I don't necessarily think everyone is older than me. As a matter of fact, I think most people are younger than me, and that's 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 where I'm at. I think this is a very valid standard. This is one of the most interesting ideas of how to judge a grown up that I've heard. Yeah, and I, and I think this is and. Um this is even the part of why I feel so ungrown up sometimes is I really feel like everyone's older than me. Uh, I mean, in definitely at my job and, and the, the places I hang out, I do feel like for me, Jordan, it's major league baseball players. That's my standard. I'll tell you when the first major league baseball players were starting to be younger than me, Mm -hmm. it absolutely (laughs) terrified me. Like it totally exploded my world. You know what I mean? Like, cause I just had never like, that had never been, and I think it might be one of the reasons why I'm why I'm made to why it makes me feel uncomfortable to follow baseball. Like I can't even. In fact, I don't even want to. I don't even want to watch college sports for that reason. I'm like these kids are in college. <laughs> what do they know? What do they know about playing sports? They're that just, I don't after know. This they're just sitting around in their dorm room talking about if there's a god or not. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I actually, I, I'm, I'm having You're a similar just trying peyote. I'm yeah, I'm peyote. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's more of a UC Santa Cruz thing. Um, yeah, the, the, the kids at Duke <laughs> aren't, aren't going out to a you drum circle and Ohio uh, state's college experience no. is mostly based on, uh, hallucinogens you'd previously never heard of. <laughs> um, I'm having kind of a similar trouble with, with bands. I'm, uh, I think we mentioned before after this, I'm leaving to go to South by Southwest and I, um, and I'm, I'm interviewing bands for the show I work for and, uh, and reading up on these bands. I mean, some of them are, you know, 19 and 20 years old and it's, uh, it's, you know, it's it's odd and definitely it, it's there's I don't know, can't put my finger on it. There's something uncomfortable about liking a band and then finding out that they're younger than you. And, and I think that you know, like when you're younger and you're you know in high school or whatever, and you're getting into bands and, and and stuff. You know, they kind of seem to have this. You know, you like them to have this kind of wisdom that you don't have. You know, they've they've been there, they've loved, they've lost. You know, they they. They know about stuff. They've loved, they've lost, they've rocked. Yes. And then when you are into a band and then you find out, like, oh, they're much, much younger than I am. Um, <laughs> it's something, so some of the magic goes away. Yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. Absolutely. It's, it's a terrifying thing. And I thank, I thank uh, David Beach, a longtime Sound of Young America and MaximumFun.org supporter from Santa Cruz, mm-hmm. even, uh, for, pointing, for pointing out that interesting idea. Hi, Jordan and Jesse. This is Bucky in San Francisco. Well, my getting old model and my getting old hero is uh, Charles Bukowski. He was one of my favorite writers. Uh, he still is, and, but he was my first favorite writer uh, ever that I really ever had. When I, got, uh, when I was about 19 years old, I started reading his work. Well, Bukowski didn't even get published until he was 40. And uh, he worked a day job until he was uh, in his early 50s, and he quit the post office and wrote the book called Post Office. Uh, and he, the, bar, the movie Barfly came out when he was 65. He got success later on in life, and I think that's very uh, inspiring for, for any struggling artist or writer that, uh, you know, it can, it can still happen, you know, and it's not like, you know, rock and roll or something where it's like uh, – you know, the, the age is a very important factor, and I, I would kind of like to get old like that, get more successful and better as I go. Personally, I think his writing peaked uh, probably when he was in his early 50s, and, uh, and that's probably around his best period of productivity. That was the Bucky Sinister. Bucky Sinister, a celebrity in the San Francisco comedy and performance poetry scenes. Not often, not a, 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 a congruence that you often see. People in both uh, a local celebrity in both comedy and performance poetry. I think it's what we call a triple threat. Yeah, exactly. Um, Bucky, I think that's a very interesting point. The idea of uh, something that you can't do when you're old. I think I was really one of the things that I have liked about being a broadcaster and especially a radio broadcaster is that it's something that I could just keep getting better at. Yeah. I'm really scared of the idea of having a job where you get famous or or successful when you're young and then you can't do it as well when you're older. 
I've had conversations with people with with people about this, you know, like with when it relates to like say an athlete or uh to to a lesser extent but still to a great extent a rock star, but especially like an athlete. Like to me the one of the hardest parts about being a professional athlete has to be the fact that, you know, you know that, you know, you're 28 years old or something and you're on the downslope. Yeah, and I and I feel a little bit like this with comedy. Um I mean there is that you know, like, like you know, if I'm if I'm 21, and I you know get up there and I start a joke that starts you know like robots are weird, uh, you know, ha 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 ha. But like you know, a a 30 year old doing that same thing is a little less. I mean, there seems to be more of the go with it. I mean, you you kind of picture the person, you know, going home and you know like still having a roommate when they're 30, or you know, going home. Uh, you know, going home to some kids or something like that, and it's it's a little less, a little less appealing. I mean, it's definitely, definitely is. I'm afraid it's more, it's more pleasant and fun to watch, you know, a young person do kind of ridiculous comedy than it is. Now, on the other hand, there are people who do negotiate that those kinds of transitions. I mean, I think you know, Chris Rock, Louis C.K. Are people, yeah, you know, absolutely. Ray Romano, people who kind of make that transition into being a grown up uh, in the world of comedy. But it's, it's really a tough thing. And just anywhere in entertainment, being older is really a, a liability in a lot of ways. And that, that kind of scares me in terms of, you know, being in entertainment, to, even to the modest extent that, you know, you or I are. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, God. Now we totally bummed ourselves out. Yeah. Thanks, Bucky Sinister. <laughs> By the way, Bucky Sinister writes books of funny uh, poetry about aliens and stuff, and you should just you should look up his poems because they're, they're worth looking up. Uh, so your action item as to what is a grown-up? Uh, I got some ideas, I guess. Uh, so I think part of it is being unselfish, maybe, you know? Kind of. I mean, there's lots of selfish uh, grown-ups, but I think that's one thing, and then being obviously being able to uh, clothe and feed yourself without parental help or uh, things like that. Um, then there's like seeing, you know, the rewards and accepting doing things that you don't really care for because you need to to survive, and uh, and maybe they'll help you in the future. Uh, then there's you know owning articles of clothing for warmth that aren't hooded sweatshirts. Uh, I think that's a grown-up thing to do. Um, you know, maybe taking an interest in uh, other parts of the uh, paper other than the style and sports sections. Um, and then along that same lines, uh, the introduction of magazines that are like, uh, you know, that don't have fashion tips and, and band pictures in them, mostly. Um, and then maybe like, accepting, you know, other people's taste in things. That's, that's a pretty grown-up thing to do. So uh, maybe not everybody does it. And then here's here's what I have a question about, is tucking in shirts. That seems like something a grown-up does. Like, my dad does not wear his shirt untucked. You know, like, if he has a shirt with buttons, it's tucked in. Whereas I always leave my shirts untucked. But when I do tuck them in, it looks kind of silly most of the time. But it seems like anyone over a certain age, like maybe 30, 35 or so, tucks in their shirt. So I'm thinking that might have something to do with it. But that doesn't necessarily seem like an awesome thing about growing up. Okay, that, this was, he brought up a lot of really important issues, yeah. I think. Jordan. I think the, the hooded sweatshirt one is really good. Yeah, I really like the I hooded sweatshirt great, one. I think tucking point. in shirts, I'm not buying that one as a criterion. <laughs> I just think you I need... Think, I think it's, it's just the tip, the pretty much the, one of the typical dad moves is to tuck in the t-shirt. Oh, tucking tuck in the t-shirt, t-shirt is the, the worst to the thing. elastic shorts. I mean, it's like a, if you're seriously, if you're out there, just anyone out there, there is no excuse to tuck in a T-shirt that has something printed on it. I don't know. I think if, I think if you're a dad and nope, even if you're a dad. Sorry, I'm not even. That's why I'll take it from dad. That's why I'm cutting. That's why I'm drawing this line, and that's why I'm questioning that as a criterion. Okay, I just don't think anyone ever should tuck in any T-shirt with printing on it, no matter whether you're the oldest man in the world. 
And I think that if you have a t-shirt with, if you have, a, if you're wearing a proper shirt, a shirt with buttons, then, you know, it's possible to wear it untucked, but that's a style concern that you need to address for yourself. It's not a matter of whether you're a grown up or not, because I'll tell you, it's a, it's one very serious douchebag move. Uh, to wear that untucked uh, dress shirt most of the time, not exclusively, no. by no means exclusively, but it, M- mostly a douchebag would do that. Yeah, that's the number one thing that a douchebag would do. I would say. Oh, uh, I mean, besides uh, like beat his girlfriend. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, uh, wear wear a sport coat uh, and also sandals. Oh, sport coat and sandals. Oh, jeez. These, I think that's, a, that's an LA specific douchebag yeah, thing, though. If you're listening, if you're listening to this in any other part of the country, and you're thinking, "Who are these people?" Angelinos, yeah, solid twenty percent of people that live <laughs> in this city would happily wear sandals and a sport coat. Okay, there's one more issue that came up in that last one that I want to address, mm-hmm. which I think might be. I think somebody brought this up on the message boards at maximumfun.org as well, but I think ultimately. The criterion for whether you are a grown-up or not is selflessness. In my book, that's what it is. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think that that you know when you when you talk about a grown-up who's in kind of a, a state of arrested development, I think that the selfishness is kind of the is kind of the the tantamount thing. Uh, and I in think that situation. You know, a lot of people learn that from having kids. I think a lot of people have yeah. kids, and when they have kids, they have this epiphany: "Oh my gosh, I I'm responsible for this person. I have to be selfless." Right. There are some people who have kids and don't have that epiphany, and that makes them king of the assholes. <laughs> yes. And there are some people who don't need to have kids in order to get to that point in their lives. Mm-hmm. But I think that has to be like ultimately in my book the thing that decides whether you're a grown-up is whether you've... Cause in, in, a, in a funny way, not funny, haha. unfortunately, given that this is at least theoretically a comedy show. Mm. Um, in a funny way, it's kind of a, a way of like... Ex- I'd call this a news magazine. Okay, good. <laughs> um, uh, coming up later on the program, we'll be talking about whether uh, car wash attendants steal the change from your change <laughs> bin. Um the um the uh, that selflessness is like ultimately what it's about to me and it's a kind of a hard thing to acquire especially if you're a jerk like me <laughs> yeah yeah i hear you sometimes i i make a real go of being selfless but it really doesn't work out yeah i mean i i yeah i it's just kind of a do your best sort of situation mm mm-hmm. But I think in some way what it is is almost like accepting your own mortality. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. it's just kind of accepting <laughs> accepting that, you know, you're not that important and um, what is important is, you know, just kind of contributing to the general welfare. It, you know, it's strange. And, str- and I think that we we get told this so much. We get told, you know by our parents and by every single movie ever uh <laughs> you know follow follow your dreams follow your dreams right and it's and it's and it's something where it was it's a big part of our post college life you're you're following your radio broadcasting dream and I'm following my working in television dream and it seems that though like that lends itself to selfishness so much like your dream is the most important important thing whereas you right and that's the thing and you know like somehow you'll reach self-actualization like if you you know if you've accomplished this whatever dream this is then you know but what i'm i'm i hate follow your dreams follow your dreams is i'm starting to see is a little you know what the problem is you know what the problem is there's a fundamental logical problem in follow your dreams which is Nobody successfully achieves their dreams except for maybe like 3% or <laughs> yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's odd. It's an odd thing to be the general But the like, problem is, is the only people who are encouraged to give advice as to whether or not you should follow your dreams are that 3%. So if Will Smith comes to your high school yeah, and he yeah. says, Hey guys, follow your dreams. And, I did. Yeah, and look at me now. Then, uh, you know, no, none of the other... Will Smith related people, you know, like Will Smith's little sister, whose dream was to become a ballerina and ended up just living in, you know, Will Smith's uh, converted garage. Right. You know what I mean? Like none of those people 
get to make a speech at the high school. Yeah, it's like it's it's strange because it's like that is an obviously a flawed thing. How but about like, but this? what but what do you tell people instead? I like have I'm, a proposal, Jordan. Okay, I think every time uh, like an astronaut comes to speak to a group of young people, <laughs> they should also bring like a gas station attendant, not like a twenty-two-year-old gas station attendant, like a forty-eight-year-old gas station attendant who doesn't own the gas station. Well, maybe uh, maybe not that. I think I think that's that's unnecessarily depressing. I think maybe you should bring an astronaut and you know a guy who's a manager at Big Five. Uh-huh. Like that would be a little more. And he's like, like the astronauts, like I followed my dreams, and now I go to space every single day, and I look down on God's majesty, and I weep. And the guy from Big Five is like, hey, I'm doing pretty good. I invested in some real estate, and uh, me and the family are taking a vacation to Cabo. He's like, you know, and like he's like, I've always, I- I've always enjoyed customer service. I'm just a pretty patient guy, <laughs> right? Okay, so, good. We've. I think Jordan. I think we've unlocked. I think we've unlocked the. Uh, I, I think we've unlocked the secrets of life's majesty. I think I, I should hope so. And That's hope- what podcasts are for. <laughs> the podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, the me Jesse Thorne, the guy that is now talking, Jordan Morris. We're playing with caveman talk, but we're not going full hog. Nah, whole hog. Wild hogs. Wild hogs. Wild, hogs. wild hogs. Can you believe that America went to see wild hogs? I guess it did. Between America going to see wild hogs and America going to see the 300, I feel like I don't know America anymore. Wait a minute. It's clear. Okay, I can see being perplexed by wild hogs, and I thought you were also going to mention why did America go see uh, epic movie. Or Norbit. Norbit. But, uh, but come on, you can't tell me you didn't watch the preview for the 300 and get pretty pumped. I get, honestly, I walked out what? of Sin City. Oh, okay. Well, that's, but, uh, that's a little gross for you. I can understand but the why six, you the success of the, the moderate success of Sin City didn't mm-hmm. surprise me. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it is based on something. It's got, like, some artistic merit to it, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, it was, you know, I mean, it was gross and kind of uh, inane. But, you know, in kind of an interesting way. Sure. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think that's a fair... So I could see how it would be moderately successful, which mm-hmm. I believe it was. It was moderately successful. Yeah, right? I think it... I mean, relative to its budget, especially. Right. Yeah. So that didn't surprise me at all. That was right in line with my expectations. Mm-hmm. Now, the three... I just don't understand... Who got the idea that literally putting a comic book in, in movie form was a good idea? Like, who who are these people who are like, who are like... I don't think this one is. I don't think this one is. I, keep in mind, I haven't seen it. I thought that was the whole point of this. Yeah, I, no, I think that was the point of Sin City, but I don't think of 300. Okay. I don't know. I'll have to get back to you when I see it, because I am going to see it. Oh, God. Was- Guys yell. They jump in slow motion. Uh, there's a barrage of arrows. I, I, you know what? I just don't understand why people would just want to see a whole weird green screen movie. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, to me, green screen is a useful technique as a joke about green screening, and that's about <laughs> it. Well, I think that I think that when something's tone is appropriate. Like, I think that when something is crazy and looks weird, and its and its thing is being over the top, I think that's fine. But I think like. You know, like in, for instance, those Star Wars movies were all green screeny, uh, but they were just so earnest, like so unbelievably, like painfully but earnest. But it disconnects it didn't work. me. I mean, with Sin City, I didn't leave because I was grossed out. We, I left because my girlfriend Teresa was grossed out. Yeah. But I didn't care that I was leaving because I sincerely didn't care at all about the movie. Right. And I think a big part of that was because there, it just didn't feel like a real world to me. It felt like people walking in front of a background. Yeah. I mean, I think that like definitely... It, the, to me, it was a whole movie of like the scene in a Hitchcock film where they're like driving on a <laughs> right, windy the, road. Right, projection driving Exactly. Scene. Um, and yeah, and, and I think that, um, that's not helped by the kind of relentless behind the scenes things that we get shot at, that that get shot at us prior to a movie's release. I think that that's a terrible idea. Like, you know, behind the scenes at, you know, Frank Miller's Sin City, and then you show all the actors in front of the green screen. I think that's an awful idea. I think you should save that shit for the DVD. Like, don't show us that because that's all we're going to think about is like, you know. You know, the, no, them going like, there's not a real dinosaur here. It's just a guy holding a tennis ball on a pole. I think that's... Can I interject anyway. one other thing? Yes. Which is this. 
the, another thing that I hate, and I'm going to get in trouble with comic book nerds in our audience because okay. Lord knows there's comic book nerds in our audience. But a, a thing that I hate is somehow there's like there's this animus in the comic book world against people who think like comic books are just for kids, mm-hmm. right? Which I understand completely. Sure. Because I don't think there's anything but about like, the media. But like who thinks that anymore? Okay, yeah, anyway. exactly. Nobody thinks that anymore. That's one right. thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, shut up. Like okay. no one, everyone's fine with that being. But number two is there's this reaction to this, which is no, they're for grownups too. And the way that you demonstrate that they're for grown-ups, too, is you just show me something with a lot of swearing and (laughs) over-the-top violence in it. And the way that you demonstrate that they're for grown-ups, too, is you just show me something with a lot of swearing and over-the-top violence in it. Okay. Like, that doesn't make it for grown-ups. Adult, Mm -hmm. like, like real themes or real characters, that makes it for 15-year-olds and and for 30-year-olds who still live the lives of Mm 15-year-olds. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it makes it for. And that was the specific impression I got from the 300 was like look at this this is sophisticated and for grown-ups this is like the ultimate expression of the comic book medium or something yeah when actually it's just about how violent although i didn't be. i didn't i didn't really get that from the advertising was like okay. you know i i mean i kind of i it seems to me that the appeal of 300 is it's you know just kind of overt over the topness which, okay. which which is a virtue i can kind of buy into like i'll go see something based on its over the top we can both agree on wild hogs though right <laughs> yes now and i um, so like i said about 300 I was surp- seventy million dollars really surprised me. Oh that wow, was that it? Seventy million dollars. I Louise. was like, like if it had been like Spider Man bucks, that's if, Spidey bucks. If it had made twenty five million dollars, I would have been like, well, you know, there's just a lot, of, a lot yeah. of kind of like adolescent guys who want to see something really crazy violent. Like mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. But <laughs> the fact that it made seventy million dollars—that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Big MySpace campaign. On the other hand, Wild Hogs also made a lot of money, which yeah. I. Can you explain one thing to me about Wild Hogs, Jordan? I probably can't. I don't okay. know much about Wild Hogs. I'm but just go asking ahead. Ask you me to explain one thing. As an just entertainment one, industry insider. Just one thing, sure. Jordan. Okay. John Travolta's in Wild Hogs. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Sure. Martin Lawrence is in Wild oh, Hogs. Oh, is this why is William H. Macy in yeah. Wild Hogs? What is William H. Macy doing in there? Well, here's the thing. I think that... What is with that list of... Mar- oh, yeah. Martin Lawrence, Tim Allen... John Travolta. It's all the. It's like it's like two two dopes that people like for different reasons, and then Martin Lawrence, who black people like and mm-hmm. white people like to see him blacking around. Sure. And then wait a minute. Like, did they think they were going to bring in the art house crowd by including Bill Macy? Yeah. yeah right. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's strange, and I think that maybe there's a couple of explanations for it. And maybe one that just Bill Macy thought he could make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, really? No, I mean, I understand why Bill Macy did it. Right. I mean, if I'm Bill Macy, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure they paid him millions of dollars, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he wants to use it on it. Why did they ask him to be in it? Why would you put Bill Macy in it? Yeah. Like, I mean, surely there was another bankable. I mean, maybe he was just the second. Why not Kurt Russell? Oh man. I think uh, Kurt Russell is Kurt Russell in the, in the, the new Quentin Tarantino thing, or is that Patrick Swayze? I think Kurt Russell's in the new Quentin Tarantino either, thing. I mean, either I way, nothing I'm, against anyway. Kurt Russell, but Kurt Russell makes sense. Yeah, he kind of does. You um, know what I mean? I, I'm, he might have been like a second or third choice. Okay. And maybe it was, you know, your Kurt Russell, or who's another good guy who's good at being a sad old guy? I don't know who's good at being a sad old guy. Maybe Jeff Bridges, maybe. Yeah, Jeff Bridges. And Jeff then, Bridges is, makes more sense, makes a lot more sense definitely. than Bill Macy. It's sort of like when Bill Macy was in that movie about the superheroes that I thought was going to be good. Oh, and Mystery Men? Yeah. I could see why he was in that. That had, I mean, that had, that was a lofty idea. And a miserable failure. Mm-hmm. Somebody was defending that movie to me the other day. It's like, no, I saw that movie. It was terrible. Yeah. Totally not good. I mean, you know, it had some, it had its I moments. wanted, I wanted yeah, to absolutely. like it. Yeah, I think we all wanted to like that. I mean, basically everybody that I admired at the time was in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was back when everybody, when, when I still really admired Ben Stiller, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm no anti-Ben Stiller person. I'm not one You're of those one people. Of those. I, I, I don't buy into that. It's like, give me a break. The man's just trying to make his millions and millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I still admired him. There was Janine Garofalo before I realized that she couldn't act. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bill Macy when he was at the, the peak of his career artistically. P. 
Pee Wee. Kel from Keenan and Kel. Kel from Keenan and Kel. I think we all know how much yeah. I love Kel from Keenan and Kel. I mean, I think we all saw Good Burger and we're like, there's some <laughs> amazing potential here. You know, a lot of people love Good Burger, too. Do they? Yeah, there's like a really strong, like, Good Burger. If you defend, if you want to defend Good Burger, I think you should call in and tell us what you think about sure. Good Burger. Speaking of movie debates, we've been having this Jaiman Hansu ver- versus Chiwetel Ojifor uh, debate. This is a hot-button issue, not just here on the show, but in the Hollywood community, mm-hmm. I would say. I think it's often a topic on E.T. or extra, at the least in, extra. Well, the insider. Yeah, it's on the insider mm-hmm. with Pat O'Brien. And um, we actually, we, we, you know, we were wondering, you know, what does the highbrow think about this? And it turns out uh, that NPR's uh, New York correspondent... Um, Mike Pesca, a listener to this program, has strong feelings about it. So one-time he, guest. One-time guest. You might have heard him discuss uh, his podcast on gambling and the uh, James Bond movie. I think we, we talked a lot about parkour. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Pesca has strong feelings about this, so he offered to record this commentary for us on the topic of Chiwetel Ojifor versus, versus Jaiman Hansu. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Go. It's Mike Pesca from National Public Radio's Day to Day. I just wanted to uh, weigh in on the African actor name act often. Before I even start, let me say last week I thought you guys were a little harsh with yourselves because you you claim that you were racist for comparing the three different African actors. And I got to say, that was a little over the line. You're clearly xenophobic. So who do I like best? I don't like Adam B.C., I liked his funny little hat in Oz, but he's not as good as the other three. Also, I got this problem with Oz. Don't you think after the 43rd rape, they might have uh, shut the prison? So this brings us down to two contenders, Chewy Ejio4 and Jaiman Hansu. I go with Chewy. He's a really great actor. He was uh, great as the uh, villain in Serenity. He was great in uh, Dirty Pretty Things, where he plays, uh, that was like an English movie based on, I think he played a Nigerian, I forget which African country, but they're all the they're all the same, right? I could, I could say that as your fellow xenophobe. So what's wrong with Jaiman Hansu? Why doesn't he win? Hansu's not a bad actor, but he epitomizes for me one of my particular pet peeves. Actors who are unwilling to sacrifice their personal beauty for the role. Now, as soon as I say that, you might say, wait a minute, what about Charlize Theron or, or De Niro putting on weight for Taxi Driver? Yes, that is the opposite trend. The opposite extreme trend is true. Actors will ugly up for a role. You know, everyone wants to play Richard III, or Stallone will put on some weight for Copland. At that point, they're all doing De Niro impersonations. So sure, they'll dress as the elephant man, they'll dress as someone hideous. But what they won't do is, is in a regular role, sacrifice a little of their personal beauty when the character would not nearly be so beautiful. Let me give you an example. This is a Ridley Scott movie, his follow-up to Gladiator. It was called Kingdom of Heaven. We zoom in on a blacksmith. He's working the anvil. He's working on a sword. There's ash in the air. He holds the sword up. It is to his liking, and he smiles a beautiful 21st century Orlando Bloom pearly smile because that's who he is. The whole movie, you could tell they they were really detailed about what the Crusades looked like and what the coats of arms looked like, but everyone had beautiful smiles. Huge pet peeve of mine. I say no to too many beautiful teeth in movies like Gladiator or any medieval movie or Heath Ledger in, in The Patriot looking toothily beautiful. Give me a break. So then we come to Diamond Honshu, and it's not his dental work that I'm talking about. It's his actual torso. Let's, let's look at the movie In America. It takes place in the early 80s. Jaiman plays this fierce but secretly lovable downstairs neighbor and artist. He's afflicted by AIDS. AIDS, as you know, is a wasting disease. Yet somehow Jaiman is as ripped as can be. He's got this massive chest. He's got these highly defined arms. And the Irish immigrant family doesn't know or understand what AIDS is. And you're left to wonder... Is it because they're Irish? Is it because AIDS is so young? No, it's probably because Jaiman looks like he just stepped out of a Mr. Universe contest. Next role, the one he just got nominated for. Jaiman Hansu, plucked from his family and forced to work in the African diamond mines. He's beaten. Degradations are forced upon him. We can only assume that he barely gets enough nourishment. And yet there he is looking physically massive, having definition, having ripped abs, having a massive chest. We haven't seen a physical specimen like this since... Amistad, where he played a slave. Now, this is what we know about the Middle Passage. This is what historians tell us about the conditions slaves lived under. According to some historians, on some of these trips, up to 80% of the human chattel died 
That's how bad the conditions were. They were unsanitary. It was misery upon misery, yet somehow Jaiman Hanshu's delts upstage Sir Anthony Hopkins in Amistad. Just a pet peeve of mine, these movies that take place in bygone eras filled with the bodies of actors who were just supermaxing their last set in the gym. And it doesn't have to be hundreds of years ago, the movies. Did you see the movie Bobby? Bobby takes place in 1968. It was about the assassination of Bobby Kennedy. But everyone in the movie was beautiful by 2006, 2007 standards. It was like one of those fashion shoots in a, in a women's ma- magazine like uh, Vogue or Cosmo where they say, our theme is going to be the 60s, but still it's the beautiful women of today wearing whatever, a funny hat, not a, not a BC hat, but a funny hat or some dark makeup. People just look different. The grooming is different. There were beautiful women in the 60s, but they're Ursula Andresses. You know, they're not going to be considered the beautiful women of today. And, and, then, and then sometimes in a movie that takes place in the 30s, 40s, or 50s, someone will take off their shirt. If it's a movie made today, the guy will be massive. But we've seen what people look like in the 40s and 30s and 50s. They look like Johnny Weissmuller, just a big slab of meat. Or when Clark Gable took off his shirt, not physically defined chest, you know? So, Jaiman Hanchu suffers from this. But who benefits? Well, Chewie wins our race of African actors, but I want to give special meritorious consideration for Brad Pitt. In the movie Babel, his character is about as old as he is. So he didn't really have to do anything. You know, he, didn't, he wasn't playing a guy in his 60s, yet he aged himself. Because in real life, a regular human being is not walking around looking as good-looking as Brad Pitt. So he had all these bags under his eyes and this gray in his hair. And I wondered if, I really wondered if a makeup person put the bags under his eyes. Or if somehow Brad Pitt, if he goes without sleep or something, could get those bags under his eyes. The acting, just putting the bags under, under his eyes, that was the best piece of acting Brad Pitt has ever done. All right, guys, thanks. Thank you for allowing me to engage in your which African actor is the best. Let's, I don't know what your next action item is going to be, but maybe you could go with uh, drinks that might taste better carbonated. Throw it out there. All right. Take care, guys. God bless Michael Pesca, huh? Bravo. Pesca. And, they, and, they, and if you ever wonder how you get on national public radio, it's being able to generate five minutes of compelling opinion on any topic. <laughs> I couldn't agree. I, I'm right there with uh, yep. Mike Pesca. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'll tell you what the um, what the final results of our poll, Jaiman Hansu versus uh, Chiwetel Ujifor. It was 23 votes for Chiwetel and three for Jaiman Hansu. Wow. 88% Chiwetel Ujifor. That's called a landslide, my friend. I think so. And you know what? Mike Pesca knows. Always end up on the winning side. Well, that's the end of another exciting Jordan Jesse Go podcast. I've been Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Special thanks to the Free Design and their label, uh, Light in the Attic Records, for giving us our theme music, Love You. Uh, a popular tune, if ever there was. I get a lot of emails from people who love who love our, our theme music, and I couldn't recommend uh, the free design more highly. Here's our action items for this week's program, contributed by Mike Pesca of National Public Radio. So you know it's good. What drink would taste better carbonated? My vote: Welsh's grape juice. And I'll, I'll have a vote by the time we by the time we get to the thing. I'll tell you that I kind of like flat Dr Pepper. Not completely flat, but mostly flat. Like if you open it and leave it in the fridge overnight. Just a suggestion. Here's another action item. We have an autographed poster of the This American Life television program. Um, It is a big movie-style poster. It's beautiful. It has a huge picture of Ira Glass on it. It has their slogan on it. It's really good looking. It's autographed by Ira Glass himself. The good people at Showtime gave it to me to give away. Uh, to a listener who, you know, loves this, loves this American life, as I do. Who doesn't? I mean, if you don't love this American life, you're probably an asshole. <laughs> or have a brain problem. So we thought, you know, this American life, that's a radio show all about stories, mm-hmm. right? Stories from people's lives. Call our hotline and give us a story about a debut. After all, this American Life TV show is going to debut on March 22nd, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll have people call in. Tell us a story about a debut. You can interpret the theme broadly, just as This American Life does. Mm -hmm. Try and keep it narrative, keep it pithy, keep it on topic, keep it sharp, 
Yes, try and keep it good so we can play it on the show and not have to come up with another segment idea. Exactly. Uh, 206-984-4FUN is our Maximum Fun hotline number. 206-984-4FUN. A story about a debut or a premiere of any kind. Interpret the theme broadly. I encourage you to do. And the High Five contest is ending at the end of the month. We finally picked a day. I know, I know, we've been prevaricating about picking a day for it to end. you might call it. It's because we've been having such a good time with it. We've got pictures of, uh, we've got pictures of, somebody put up and made a picture of of me and Andrew W.K. high-fiving as though we were on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Which I thought was pretty Fantastic. spectacular. That was really exciting to me. So get those high fives into the Flickr group. And, uh, and uh, as, uh, as I mentioned last week, there is an additional prize. If you'd like to win the Xbox 360 game, Project Gotham Racing 3, then uh, send in your best Xbox-related high five. And, of course, we're still giving away three T-shirts, uh, so three Sound of Young America T-shirts, plus the Stephen Colbert uh, We're Not Brainiacs on the Nerd Patrol T-shirt with our nation's great president, George W. Bush. Um, also, uh, some books and a copy of SCTV, The Early Years on DVD. It's a DVD box set of SCTV. We've got lots of really cool entries. It's Flickr.com, even if you just want to take a look at the awesome high fives. Flickr.com, that's F-L-I-C-K-R.com, slash groups, slash maximum fun picks. And when you post up your pictures, make sure to tag them, awesome high five. Uh, of course, we have our continuing action items. If you've got a conflict that you'd like to be solved by Judge John Hodgman, et cetera, et cetera, uh, we encourage you to uh, also to uh, review the show in iTunes. If you're a if you're a Max, if you're a Jordan Jesse Go subscriber, you like the show, review it in iTunes. Those reviews mean a lot to people who are browsing through the directory. Mm-hmm. And uh, besides that. Well, we'll see you next week or so, probably 10 days or so from now where Jordan, you're headed to South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. So it'll be, we'll be back on our regular schedule, we promise, Very by, uh, by next week. Bearing with us. Talk to you later, guys. Bye-bye.